You are listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, Executive Communication Coach and TEDx Organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career. Welcome to the next episode of Ideas and Leaders podcast. Today, my guest is Rainer Kraft, and he is an executive leadership coach. Looking forward to speaking to him about uh, his approach to leadership. Uh, he uh, he also is a founder of the Mindful Leader, so he has his civic methodology that we are going to discuss. Hi, Renner. It's great to have you on Ideas and Leaders today. Yeah, thanks, Lena, for having me on the show. So, Renner, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? I know that uh, you have a very interesting story. You worked in Europe and in the U.S. Can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've been in, in the tech industry and in tech for many decades. I spent most of my time in California, in Silicon Valley. And um, about seven, eight years ago, I moved back to Europe. I moved to Berlin, worked at uh, Zalando, which is a large e-commerce fashion platform. And as I'm in tech, I, uh, yeah, I used to work on all those cool topics on information retrieval, search, personalization, uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence, data science, whatever. So it's a broad uh, mixture of technology, but I moved relatively fast also into after maybe five, six years working as an engineer, moved into tech leadership. And uh, as a tech lead, worked my way through and over many, many, long time, basically many years, got deeper and deeper into tech leadership and explored these ideas of how can you become a better leader? What are the ways to improve your leadership capabilities? Um, and how can you do all, all of that? Not randomly, but more in a systematic way. And this is when I got more and more after, I would say now the past 10 years, I got really deep on on figuring this out is my background is also a scientist. I like data numbers to really uh, help help in the guidance of decisions, data driven. And so I explored all those different things on how to better systematic, systematically become a better leader. But uh, I noticed that at the end of the day, there is these three key ingredients or pillars. There is awareness. There is the mind, which I also call the mind operating system or the mind software. And then there is the body, which is the hardware where the software is running on. And that analogy helped me very well to, uh, to bring these things together, awareness, mind and body. And this is what I ended up with this idea of a high performance mindset as a foundation for good leadership or yeah, achieving leadership mastery. So that's what I'm really focusing nowadays and you know, in the past years as a executive coach, mentor for CTOs, for tech leaders uh, in that space or working with business professionals in general in, in this um, space of becoming better leaders. Uh, this is where what I'm doing nowadays and where I then gradually 
from the tech leadership moving more in supporting others, uh, becoming really good leaders and doing it in a very systematic way. Yeah, yeah, great. I love it. Uh, I also have a business and a, both business and academic background. And I love when they hear that you have a structure, you have a, a system. It is uh, very easy to understand uh, and yeah, easy to to comprehend. So you said that uh, you your system connects out of three main parts is awareness, mind and body. Th those are the three main elements of uh, high performance leadership. So can you tell us a little bit more about uh, each of those elements and how how do you see it and uh, what can we do to make it work better? Yeah, sure. So the pillar is at the end of the day is awareness. Awareness is, yeah, sometimes also people think about it in terms of present awareness, being more present, being fully there in the present moment. And it's becoming, it's about becoming aware around your surroundings, context, but also your body, body awareness, mind awareness. So awareness is the secret sauce. And it is so foundational, but so intuitively, so it's always there. You're always, if you are aware, right? It, it's something people take for granted, but unfortunately, most of the people spend their time over the course of the day in a, a not so aware state of being. And um, this is, I coined this term in this context, monkey mind, which is the state of mind the untrained state of mind where people usually uh, spend most of the time in. Uh, in the monkey mind, there is these different aspects of the busy mind, all this thought activity going on. There can be negativity, worry, doubt. And there is, at the end of the day, this untrained state of mind. It, it's nothing new. People discovered this thousands of years ago when they were looking at the mind as a major source of uh, stress, but also suffering. And so that's why people use that term monkey mind in some of this context already. And I, I felt this is actually something that nowadays is through all this technology we have around us with social media, all these channels, information channels every day that we're looking at. It makes things even worse. So the the problem is through technology. I would say in the, in the last few years, it's got it's gotten to a point. And I, I read some also a few years ago. I read about the study that basically the um, attention span of nowadays people when they grow up is like eight seconds on average, and that is like a goldfish also has eight seconds. <laughs> And so this is where we are through, and I think this is through technology that this capability of staying aware and staying aware over a longer period of time is, is much harder these days. And that's why making an effort, actually staying fully conscious, fully aware is so important because this is when you actually realize, oh, there is all these thought activity here constantly. Uh, becoming aware of even of the thought activity. And then once you become aware, then there are things what you can do. That's what I learned is awareness is really the first thing that you have to cultivate. 
then you become aware, oh, there's all this stuff going on in my mind and in my body that you then start to notice. And then you say, ah, there is this problem here in my body, high blood pressure, I can't sleep. Uh, right, there's all those things all of a sudden that you become aware of, and that you can then make a priority to actually put in some changes for it. Mm, wow, yeah. So I, I, I read about this goldfish statistics as well, and I think that you know the issue with this awareness and with the, the focus right now is that we have so much thing so many things to focus on and that's why this uh, attention span is is, is shrinking so maybe it is not uh, that we are getting you know more stupid and we, we, we cannot focus and, but, but we have so many things we have social media we have emails we have uh, we can do much more than we could do even 10 years ago we are we on this one hand we are much more productive but on the other hand, it is really hard to stay aware because all of the things that are going on. So do you have any uh, tips on how we can actually stay aware in all of this craziness that is going on around us, especially as leaders? Yeah, that's, that's the point. And this is how leadership improves, is if you're becoming more aware, you can increase your level of self-awareness, reflection, so there's all the good stuff with increased awareness that you can get. The question then is, yeah, and this is the, the big question, how can you become more aware? And then there's people, I mean, once you actually realize you could become more aware and that would be kind of helpful, for instance, for decreasing stress levels, sleep, sleeping better and so on, and becoming more effective as a leader, improving the quality of decisions, and you say, oh, great, now awareness is important. So what do I do? How do I become more aware? Right? And that was the big question. And then people, what I've seen in the past, they do random things. They try, uh, they learn about maybe some mindfulness exercise and meditation. So let's say that they said, oh, yeah, meditation, I heard, is good for uh, becoming more aware. Then they're downloading some meditation app. And then they give it a try, maybe a five-minute meditation. But then they realize they can't sit still for five minutes. <laughs> and so after one or two minutes, they already become nervous. And so the mind is, is on, right? Is not turning off. And then they conclude mindfulness is not for me. Yeah. Right, it is not going to work. But then they try a few other things. It's also not going to work. And then they give up. And they're back to the beginning where they are before. And so this is the big issue is this random stuff is not going to work. And so that's why I figured, can this be done more systematically so that there is a clear framework, there is an approach that is proven also based on science. And how can you take your mind from, or your state of mind from a highly unaware state of mind in a really optimized state of mind, right? And that is basically the approach I'm using is called measurable mindfulness. And it's basically, uh, you're adding a dimension of data, a data driven approach for mindfulness that makes all this fluffy stuff. That's how I referred to it in the beginning. When I first got introduced more than 10 years ago now, it makes it more tangible and it actually informs you how things are working and then you can in a more agile manner, you can make decisions on how you want to advance it. And 
there is no shortcut, no shortage on methods, uh, ideas, approaches on what you can do. Usually, there is mindfulness is an enabler to cultivate more awareness, and there is yeah, there's a sort of of possibilities. But let's look at the data. Which of these methods is actually helping you, which is working for you well, and which is not working for you? That is the important piece. Once you start doing more things that are working for you, you get there gradually, and measurable mindfulness is something that shows you how you're progressing and how you can raise your so-called level of present awareness, your LPA, which is a percentage of the course of the day where you're fully aware in a fully present state of mind. And when people start this level of present awareness, I first teach them how to measure it because it, it requires to set up some baseline understanding where one actually is. And usually that level of present awareness is somewhere between one or 2%, meaning that one or 2% of the day, you're fully there, fully connected to the present moment and the remainder, you're basically on autopilot, completely unconscious state of mind, right? Driven by basically a lot of busy mind thinking, rehashing the past, planning the future, but never really uh, residing and staying in this current space of the present moment. And so getting people then systematically from 1%, 2%, let's say over three months to maybe 10%, 15% or even more, this is the goal of measurable mindfulness to get step by step. And then once you reach these higher level of awareness, then you can use them to debug your busy mind, right? Declutter the software of the mind, your mind operating system, make it more efficient effective, but also efficient, but also upgrade the body through the science of epigenetics, through biohacking, to get your body in complete new states of energy, right? But to get there first, awareness is important because this is what keeps you there doing these things. Because you may have noticed people try something for two weeks and then they get back into their old routines. It's not becoming routine. And uh, one of the yeah. big reasons this is lack of awareness, right? But if you're becoming aware that you're falling back to defaulting to old routines, to old habits, and you realize, oh, wait, I didn't want to do it. This was what I did before. It wasn't working. I want to do the new thing. And then you intentionally, consciously make a, a shift to do it. And then over maybe uh, usually two months, this is, uh, there is some research also there, 60 days, it takes to really solidify new uh, methods and make it routines, right? Then you have less to think about it, becoming aware, right? But two or three months, this is what it takes to get you from a very low level of present awareness to a definitely increased level. Yeah, so different mind uh, mindfulness tools, and we need to make sure that we, we have proper mindfulness tools that are good for us. Not necessarily, you know, listen to every guru and repeat everything they say, but we need to find something that works for us. And what about the mind and body? So uh, you said that then after we become more aware, we can declutter our mind. So is there actually a way how we can do this? Or what do you usually recommend when you work with your clients? Maybe you can give our listeners a couple of tips 
how can we declutter our busy minds and actually focus on what needs to be done? Right. So as I mentioned, the first step is become more aware. So then the mind becomes into comes into a more calmer state of mind. The busy mind is at that point disappearing because at that point there it is it's more calm, right? And at that point when the mind is more calm, then you can actually start looking at the mind. And then there is several methods that you can use also rooted in neuroscience. There is so many ways on, on how to, for instance, get on it or replace some of those old limiting thoughts and false beliefs. There is methods on how you can get out of these reactive patterns, how, how you can let go of some of the stale old energy that is no longer needed. So there is all those different options available. I refer to these group of um, options as mind management. And establishing a mind management practice is basically a step how to do it. And for that, I also, first, I, uh, I figured there has to be a systematic way out of these gazillions of different things you can do there to make this very systematic and uh, make it approachable so that you can go very fast from A to B. And so I determined that there has to be, when I bring this together with mind awareness and, of course, the body, and this is what I refer to the high-performance mindset. And so, because people then were asking, how do you get there? How can you do this fast, right? And so I thought about and experimented many years. And then last year, I rolled out a training program, the high-performance mindset, which brings together these, these different aspects of awareness, mind, and body in a very systematic way over three months. And so... The methods at the end of the day that you learn, they're proven, they work, but it's, nothing is prescribed. So there are so many other options out there in the space of mindfulness, in the space of neuroscience, but also in the space of functional medicine and epigenetics. So there are so many different things and new methods are coming out every day. But I think the key thing, what is important to learn is to really base everything on science and data so that you got a framework for yourself. It's more like a lifestyle so that you can say, okay, let's now get rid of some of these limiting thoughts. How do I do this? Well, there is method A, B, C. Let's try out A and then let's measure the impact of A. Maybe do that for a week, see how it goes. Then maybe I'll start a week doing B. Then I see, oh, B is not as good. I try C, maybe C is better, and then you iteratively basically grow. So you you achieve this level of mastery by continuously experimenting, and this is where the growth happens. And if the mind gets decluttered, if the body gets more resilient, has more energy, of course you can meditate better if the body is in better shape, and with more energy you get more stuff done. It's also clear you could focus better, right? So there is this uh, this synergy that happens there, and that's why this high performance mindset is a lifestyle. What tools can you recommend to? What can we actually do? So you said that there are several tools. So let's have just one or two to yeah. for our listeners. Yeah. What can they start trying maybe to declutter their mind? Absolutely. So I would say uh, first tool usually I recommend is collecting data. There is this Ula ring. 
Ura, O-U-R-A, some people may have already heard about it, but it is basically tracking pretty much everything on your body that is important, like sleep, activity, heart rate reliability, breathing, and so on. And that is a good way to basically get into the world of data. So there's an app that runs with it, and then every day you can see how you're doing and all those different dimensions. And you can learn how to guide you by, get get this guidance by data. And as an example, heart rate variability is one of the key KPIs, key performance indicators, because that nicely correlates with your overall levels of stress and getting your body into a state of homeostasis, right? It's nicely balanced. And if the mind is in this uh, inefficient uh, form that I, untrained form, the monkey mind that I said at the beginning, you'll notice actually that the heart rate variability in general is kind of low. So you want high heart rate variability. And heart rate variability itself is is not something, an absolute value um, where you basically have a certain number. You have to look at it in a relative way based on your, for instance, your age, right? The younger you are, usually the better heart rate variability is. It declines with age. And so you have to see for yourself when you do this for a few weeks, how this is basically trending. And if you're doing a lot of stress, if you're having a lot of stress, the mind is in this really ineffective state. Usually you see also further declines in there. And then you can use, uh, and the second thing I would encourage is there is things, easy breathing exercises, like for instance, Wim Hof is probably very, is a very uh, well-known uh, guy in the space of biohacking, where he introduced us to his breathing method, Wim Hof breathing. So if you Google this or put it on, on YouTube, search for it, You'll see a guided uh, breathing exercise, takes 10 minutes, 11 minutes. And those are things that help you to become more present, right? So a little bit of breathing here and there, measurement to see where you are, right? And and then when you apply these things, when you, for instance, do this Wim Hof breathing, so we'll put hopefully links then all to those things that the listeners can check it out. But if you try these things out and then you notice with the data, all of the sudden heart rate variability is going a little bit up. Then you see, oh, yeah, there is something there. And then more of it, and this is how you can get better, right? Simple things like this. Yeah, great, great. Thank you for those tips. So definitely it is good to be tracking ourselves and to, to for example, the help of the aura ring uh, or to use the Wim Hof breathing technique it is also very effective and uh, also the i wanted to ask you also about this body element so because we we are already getting a little bit there we're discussing it so you said you you mentioned some of the elements uh, of biohacking and uh, this optimizing our health so what do you usually recommend to busy leaders who don't have much time to take care of their health so what is the most important that we need to focus on? Yeah, so the most important is become more aware. As I said at the beginning, is increase your awareness because then you actually realize how 
bad it is already, how bad your your body is asking you to give it more resources, to give it more time and awareness. That is the first thing. And then you'll notice, uh, usually if people are in a stressed state like this for a longer period of time, the body is sending signals and those signals are getting worse. And you can, of course, decide or unconsciously decide to ignore those signals. And uh, it always gets worse. It's very clear. It's not an if, it's just a matter of when you run then into a state of mental exhaustion or eventually even the burnout that might also be possible. You may have heard about that. And uh, since I got also deep into this state, but I was lucky at that point to pull out at some point close before the bur burnout. So, but I know people, I, clients I work with that had a burnout. I could even at that point, it's way too late because recovering from that or recovering when the body already had a stroke, heart attack or whatever, right, or has cancer. All those things are just follow-up uh, consequences from a poor lifestyle, from an unbalanced lifestyle, from usually triggered by stress. Stress is usually always there. And then it's usually too late. So the idea is do something proactively now, become aware of your body, listen to what your body is telling you. But then, of course, you also have to figure out what to do. So decreasing stress levels, obviously, is the first thing that you do to figure out. And this you can do with mindfulness, awareness training, breathing exercises, meditations, and so on, decluttering the mind, what I mentioned before. But then if that is taken care of and that if that is already uh, approached, then now it becomes important to focus on the body and on a very high level, the first thing is you have to make sure that you're getting all the necessary minerals, vitamins that your body actually needs or amino acids, fatty acids as building blocks so that the body can actually function. And usually people have huge deficiencies when I take some measurements of these things or when they do some lab work, then you see all those deficiencies because of the constant stress exposure they were in, the body needs more resources, but they're not getting more resources. And so there is states of deficiencies. And so the first step is to really refill these things. Uh, the second step is also learn about your genetics, your DNA, how this is impacting your own systems in the body, because you may have some systems that are running better than others, and some systems may need more help. And then you need to give it the appropriate amount of resources, as I said, in forms of amino acids, fatty acids, minerals, vitamins, and so on. But it is kind of complex. I think the tip I would give here, always work with a functional medicine expert or an epigenetic coach. Um, this is what I'm doing. Is also epigenetic coaching, basically. Uh, it goes deep into micronutrients to really... Uh, because it's a complex uh, piece of uh, work figuring it out. But my tip here would be 99% uh, of my clients always have magnesium deficiency. And magnesium is so important when it comes to stress management, but also for energy. It impacts more than close to, two, I would say, close to four or 500 at least gene expressions in the body. It's probably more that it impacts. And if you have this deficient level of magnesium, then things are not running that smoothly anymore. 
And that's why this is a simple hack, so to speak, to, uh, okay, let's look at this by measuring whatever magnesium levels. There's different tests that you can do while working with your functional medicine or doctor to figure out what the levels are. And then there is way fill them, refill them. On my uh, website, I also show a protocol on how to fill up your magnesium level. It's not straightforward. It's a complex topic. It needs time and patience to get these levels up because over months and years of misuse, don't expect that your magnesium levels, uh, that you just pop in magnesium and then magically everything is back to normal. No, that's not how it works. Magnesium is delicate. You can't take too much at once. There's an absorption problem. And of course, if you take too much at once, also you'll probably run very quickly to the toilet. That <laughs> is also a side effect if you take too much at once, right? And so you have to know what you're doing, refilling it over a period of many months. And that is where you get the most bang for the buck. If you can, for instance, get just this one single thing in good shape with magnesium. And the second tip is also related to this is vitamin D. So those two things, vitamin D and magnesium, if you start focusing on them and use awareness, building up awareness to actually stay on this, because both of these topics, they require months of months of work. And that's why you have to stay aware this time, because otherwise, as I mentioned earlier, you get started, get excited, and then you, after two weeks, fall back into the old patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, Rainer, for those practical tips. Sometimes uh, even such things uh, as the deficiency of, of a mineral can cause lack of effectiveness and fatigue and tiredness and so on. So it is really good to check and to to uh, to keep our body healthy as well as our mind. So thank you so much, Rainer, for for this system. Uh, the the awareness mind and body for for leaders it is very important to have this holistic approach so do do you have any last words last tips to our listeners to sum up in a couple of sentences what we discussed yeah i would think the um when i look back for me the most important part was getting started to really shift more from a reactive to a proactive approach, make this really a priority. The problem is your own mind will basically, it's very smart. It will sabotage these efforts. It will tell you limiting thoughts, false beliefs that this is a waste of time. It's not going to work. You will find all kinds of excuses to procrastinate. In the meantime, um, the body is taking a hit in the tone, it's getting worse and your life gets gradually more and more out of balance. And that's why you eventually run into this, you will run into the state of mental exhaustion. It's just, not just this, there's all kind of other uh, symptoms, as I mentioned, coming up. So it's just a matter of time. And so getting into this proactive mode is a big thing and getting started with a little bit of awareness training mindfulness training can be a good start but then if you really want to make systematic progress figuring out the dimension of data or data driven system and there's plenty of resources on my blog themindfulleader.net 
that involves, of course, many videos where I talk about these things. Get going on this um, and get excited, actually. I think when you do this for a few weeks, you relatively quickly get some breakthroughs yourself. And that, what I found, is kind of helpful. If you can see the data that tells you, oh, wow, this is actually working, you're moving in a, in a good direction. And then usually people get motivated to do more. But getting there at the beginning is the hardest, right? And, and switching to a data-driven approach. There will be so many, so many um, ways the mind really tries to sabotage itself and becoming aware that this is happening is, is hard. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rainer, for all of your tips. So if our listeners want to to learn more about what you do, to find you, where where can they find you? Yeah, so they, there is mindfulleader.net is a great place to start. There's the blog, there's links to my YouTube channel. Uh, there is also the, the program that I mentioned before, High Performance Mind comes as a program in different flavors so that people based on different needs and styles and budgets can pick what makes sense for them. And those are ways that you can always, you can always go deeper on some of these things, but the mindfulleader.net is its starting place and hopefully get inspired and see what's doable and what, I mean, becoming the best version of yourself, becoming the best possible leader starts with you and starts with more awareness, starts with upgrading your mind and your body. And this way you can maximize contributions, basically. Yes, perfect. So we will put all of those links under the episode so that our listeners can immediately jump there and, and check all of your materials and blog and, and your content details. Thank you so much, Rainer, for being an Ideas and Leaders. It was such an insightful conversation and I definitely learned a couple of things myself and I'm sure that it was very useful for our listeners as well. Thank you so much. Thanks, Elena. Thank you for listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your LinkedIn profile and using a hashtag Ideas and Leaders. See you in the next episode.